to Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, and my co-host Shana is here today. Howdy. Howdy. And our guest is actually not from Stockholm, or does not live in Stockholm for once. Uh, This is Steph, who lives in Malmo, but originally from London. Yes. Hello. Hello. Welcome. So what brings you to Stockholm right now? So I'm in Stockholm. My co-founders are in Stockholm um, at my company, and I used to live here for five years. So I have a lot of connections, a lot of people to catch up with. Mm -hmm. And I am also going to uh, the conference Women in Tech on Thursday. Oh, nice. Yes, which will be very good. I'm actually speaking as well on stage. Wow. Which is nerve-wracking, but going to be very exciting. Is that something you normally do, is speak at events? I have done it many times and I really like it. So I want to get into it more. So it's my great on stage. Thank you. So what what kind of business do you have? So Align is an ed tech company. Um, It's a startup that we founded about two years ago now um, Mm -hmm. with two others. And it's a learning app for professional learning. So anyone like us that like to learn, it makes more structured learning. So brings all resources into one place ties it so you can actually set proper goals on the app mm-hmm. and then we can give you the best recommendations which means you'll then have a your profile where you can showcase all the different daily informal learning efforts you make yeah that sounds very interesting what's it called again align a-l-i-n-e okay. which is an old english way to spell align is in a-l-i-g-n yes so right. it's aligning online activity with learning goals that's very where we got clever. it a lot yeah. of people call it Aline because uh, it's a very it's a French name. It's a very popular f- a female French name as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get the Aline out. Well, at least it's a positive thing, you know. Right? It, if, it they're, if they if they remember the brand name, you'll take it, right? Whichever yeah. pronunciation. <laughs> exactly. But okay. Well, speaking of languages and in, in English, so you're originally from London. Mm-hmm. What brought you to Sweden originally? Yeah. So I came in twenty. 17 so six years ago is when I Mm -hmm. originally came and I was planning to come for four months was the plan I was working for a travel company at the time and it was uh it was like a management trainee program where you rotate every three months to a new country and a new team and new department new project and Stockholm was the last rotation of that (laughs) so I came for four months and then once I was here I realized after two and a half years of just moving non-stop every three months to a different country, I realized I really liked the uh, chill of Sweden mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was a good place to stay. So then I was like, okay, let me stay for a little bit longer. They offered me a permanent role halfway through my um, sort of project here. And then I thought, let me stay for six more months. And then I stay for another six more months. And then every six months <laughs> I make a decision to stay for another six months. And now we're at six years. So wow. it was never a, it was never a decision to stay for the foreseeable future. It's very much been a one year at a time or six months at a time, really. Yeah. But what what about Sweden caught your interest when you visited so many mm. other places? I think the calmness of living here. It's so easy to live here. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so boring which can maybe be a disadvantage as well um but when you've had lived a lot of a chaotic life for many years it's very kind of refreshing to come here all the systems work you can find nature anywhere you go i really love being by water so when i first moved to stockholm it's hard to not be next to water in stockholm so i really appreciated that and i found that it's um it's just a really nice place to live and 
very calming. And even after having such like chaos in my life, something so small, I remember I bought a mug when I first moved to Stockholm and I was like, I can actually keep it now. Because for two and a half years, <laughs> if you're moving every three months and you have one suitcase, you're not filling that with crockery. <laughs> so yeah. it was the first time I'd actually bought something that I could keep in the kitchen yeah. um, for a couple of years. I have uh, uh, a fun story just speaking of water and chaos. <laughs> oh, God. How we met. So Steph saved my life mm-hmm. from drowning. Which is a very big flex to say. So <laughs> if anyone asks me how I met Shayna, being able to say, I saved her life is really quite a nice story. <laughs> so on a on a summer's day in just outside of Stockholm, uh, Shayna and I have a mutual friend called Grace and Shayna was coming to visit Grace and I who were on Ideas Island, um, which is an island in kind of the archipelago. And you can go there and kind of, Fill your creative juices as you want. It's a small island and it's 200 meters from the mainland. So you have to row to pick anybody up that comes and visits for the day or you have to row to get anywhere. And Grace had not, didn't know how to row despite despite being from an island and Australian. (laughs) And I had taught her how to row the night before. And then she told me that her friend Shana was coming to, to visit for the day and she was going to pick her up. And so I said, are you sure you're going to be okay in that boat by yourself? And she was like, yeah, I've got this. It's, it's 200 meters. It's not an issue. So I stood on the dock like a nervous mum, just watching <laughs> my baby row across to pick up her friend. And I'd never met Shayna before. So she was just a blob in the distance at this point. And then Grace arrives to the dock and then Grace, so for, to have the mental picture, the dock is on the right side of the boat. And then Grace moves herself to sit as far right on the boat as she can. Now, everyone that knows how to row knows what's going to happen when she offers a hand out to Shayna and Shayna steps in <sighs> on the right side of the boat as well. <laughs> it's a surprise to the, to the two people that didn't know how to row. <laughs> but for everyone else, they knew what was going to happen. And I was watching this and I was saying out loud, don't step in, go to the left, go to the left, go to the left. She didn't. Shayna stepped in. The boat rocked down to the right and then uh, down to the left. And Shayna went headfirst into the water with her laptop, her oh. phone, her keys. I think I threw wallet. my phone into the laptop before I went in. Like I think your whole, but I <laughs> think you had your phone. rucksack on. I had my rucksack. So I the whole my, yeah. rucksack went in yeah. and I am just watching this. <laughs> and then in a very low budget and terrible version of Baywatch, <laughs> I had to run. I just had to. I had my swimsuit on under the clothes. So I had to strip off into my swimsuit. I run into the house to get my goggles. And then I jump into the water and I swim the 200 meters across to save Shayna out the water because she's <laughs> bobbling around. Say nice to meet you as I push her onto the wooden deck. And then Grace had panicked in the boat and was stuck in reeds in the boat at this point. And so I get grace to throw me the rope to the boat and then literally single-handedly i have to pull a boat and grace out of the reeds while swimming backwards and then (laughs) finally get back to the dock where shane is very wet and very shocked and then we have to get back in the boat to get to the house and then the fun part was is that grace was sitting the wrong way in the rowboat 
And Steph was like, well, I need to row us. Can you guys move around so you can sit in the right way to the rowboat? And we're both like, no. So you had to row the boat backwards. Well, you were meant to row. You were in the row position. And so I was like, nice to meet you, Shayna. Why didn't I row? (laughs) Sorry you've just fallen in, but you are going to have to row. And then you looked at me and went, I don't know how to row. And I was like, you're from the land of lakes and this other person's from an island and neither of you know how to row, at least basic skills. So I had to row the boat backwards to the butt end facing us 200 meters back to this house. And as soon as we arrive, I just arrived and I was like, one of you is making me a coffee. I need to lie down. From Stockholm, now you live in Malmo. Mm -hmm. How did that come about? So we, so I was in Stockholm for five years, um, had changed jobs a couple of times, co-founded a company with two guys that also lived in Stockholm. But I'd always, for the last like two, three years, I'd had on the agenda speaking with my partner as well. We'd spoken about maybe we want to move, discover a different city. He's Swedish, but from small land. Um, thankfully, he didn't want to move back to his <laughs> hometown, which is very small. And he'd lived in Malmö before. And uh, he suggested it as a as a place mm-hmm. to live. And so we kind of just humored that thought for a while. We went down and kind of trialed it for two weeks just to get a feeling for the city. And I really liked it. And I just felt like it was, I mean, it's a lot calmer place to live. It's close to Copenhagen, which is an amazing city. Mm-hmm. It has a much more like laid back vibe. And we moved in May last year. So coming up to a year that we um, moved to Malmö. Okay. So I wonder if I'm going to get a... I don't speak much Swedish, but I wonder if I'm going to get a Scornish accent. Oh, um, oh no. I know. <laughs> all Stockholmers say that, but all Scornish people like the idea of me getting a Skånska accent. Yeah. But uh, I mean, one of the best things I love about Malmö is I have small talk with strangers. <gasps> really? You don't. Do I you? do. Wow. I do. Very yep. different from Stockholm. I know. I know. I mean, Malmö has it going on, though. I mean, we're talking about, I can't remember if we talked about it in the podcast, but like the John Oliver bit where they sent all the ugly dolls and put it in the trash can with the provocative sounds. <laughs> like Mal- <laughs> yeah. Malmö's, Malmö's really uh, on the edge. They're really I was quite push- upset. The provocative sounding bins uh, were taken away before I moved to Malmo. That was the main reason I moved. But I'm also, <laughs> the second reason I moved was for the falafelrillas, the falafel yeah. wraps. Yeah. And they are mind blowing. And it's from the 80s. There was a huge um, immigration of um, people from the Middle East to Malmo. And that's when they started setting up the falafelrilla shops. And now Malmo's known for it. Oh, yeah. But uh, when, when I come back to visit Stockholm, I really miss it because they're like 25 crowns. The or 45 max so they're an excellent lunch or a late dinner if you're getting late home from work well what are some things like some tips you would give people if they're visiting malmo what should they check out besides the falafel of course the falafel also folkets park which is a park in um so mulan is an area of malmo and it's kind of like the sudamalm of malmo so it's where all the best restaurants are it's kind of the cool hipster side of it where definitely the best falafel rillas are, but there's a park called Folkets Park. And in the summer, they have loads of different events and activities. They have like salsa festivals or they have different sports festivals. They have so much. And I really like being someone that doesn't have a kid. They have loads for a kid. They have like 
giant tortoises and I mean giant tortoises there. They have a whole play area for kids, but they've designed it in a way where there's pretty much like a, a, a river in between where the kids area is and where the adult area is. Oh, so you smart. can go and sit as an adult and just chill with friends, drink a glass of wine in the sun. And the kids are having, you know, the, the people with kids can have a great time as well, but it's a little bit separated, which I really appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many, I mean, a lot of people go to Turning Torso. Um, I just think it's a very tall building. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to see from a distance. I wouldn't go up close. But my favorite place in Malmö, which I now have a clip card, so I'm a, officially a regular, is Kalbadhuset, which is on the, it's on by the beach. And it's the cold bathhouse is the translation. So it's a sauna, but it's like on like a long jetty. So it's a sauna that you just, there's three different saunas of different temperatures that you can go into. And all of them just have this big window that overlooks into the sea. Oh, nice. So you just sit in the sauna and then look out into the sea and then you can go jump into the sea as well. In summer, it's amazing because everyone's just sunbathing on all the decks outside. Yeah. In winter, you're more focused on the sauna. Yeah, yeah. But it's <laughs> such a beautiful place. And it's also a very liberating place because no clothes are allowed, which as a prude Brit, you can be, you know, confused at what am I going to do, intimidated by. I always find it very in invigorating because you're like, everyone is all different shapes and sizes. We're all completely normal and we're just here finding our own serenity and just enjoying life. Nice. What about um, going to like Copenhagen? Do you get over there much? I thought I'd go more. And I realized that it's the, just knowing that it's so close is almost enough. So, I mean, I'm from the suburbs of London, right? So it, I feel the same when I lived in London. And I didn't go to central London that much either. But knowing I could was enough for me. Um, <laughs> and so I go to Copenhagen probably once every three weeks. I mean, this, it's 35 minutes door, like on the train. So it's very close. How, how much does it cost just to hop over? It's uh, two, four, six crowns for a return ticket. So I know that. I know it's one, two, three sec. Um, <laughs> I, I remember one, two, three sec each way. And you can buy like a 24-hour ticket. So mm -hmm. it's, I mean, if you, so there are some people that live in Malmo and go to Copenhagen every single day. Yeah. Right. Um, it's a longer commute for Swedish standards anyway. But if you were living in London, it's literally going suburban London into central London as well. Yeah. A lot of people live in Malmo, but work in Copenhagen. There's quite a few people. I have a couple of friends that do that as well. And they go every single day. And then, then the ticket is obviously cheaper because you buy a monthly right. ticket as well. Yeah. Um, so it's much less. There are quite a few people that do that. There's some that go Copenhagen to Malmo every day, but less. Mm -hmm. And there are some, I don't know it too much, but I've been told there's some kind of tax breaks or benefits you get because you would be paying Danish tax, but you're not benefiting from the system. Therefore, you get some kind of money back. Mm. Okay. Mm, and a lot of people, I have a couple of friends that are um, saying how beneficial it is to work in Copenhagen and live in Malmö because the Danish crown is now very strong. Mm. Yeah, that's so what I was thinking. So they've got this like big pay increase um, in on their, you know, in the re real sort of figures. Um, but maybe paper. lower rents in, uh, exactly. in Malmö. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, the other thing that's really cool in Malmo that I always think of is the, um, do you guys know about the, the mouse? There is a artist that does miniature mice. Like we'll do these I've little. I've seen them. Yes. I don't know if it was a Malmo thing, but yeah, I see. And there's deers everywhere as well. The I don't know deers. if it's the same one. I've seen the miniature mouse, but I've seen these deer heads as well on like a lot of scaffolding. 
Oh, I've, I've seen that. But the, this one, I mean, he'll actually make like little mouse houses mm. around yeah, town. Little, like, and yeah. You'll just notice it. Like I have seen by some a restaurant of them. Door or I something. need to I need to look at it. Know, there's something to me about Malmo. Like it's just like the culture is just bubbling there. Mm. And also people seem to be a little bit more experimental in doing things. And I also know from like a startup uh, a startup world like Malmo is really mm. trying to get more companies out there like you know they're doing basically what Ireland did like try and like reduce mm. costs and things because it's it's it is expensive in Stockholm um, and it is beautiful out there and you know there's a lot of facilities and also because of the distance to Copenhagen so there's definitely a lot of a lot more opportunities there's loads going on with startups there's like Skorna for startups there's Mink there's Fast Track Evolution Malma. City. Yeah. Oh my God, have you been to the conference? We have to go to the conference this year. They have this amazing conference every year. They have so many. Yeah. There's been, I mean, for my startup, we're based in Stockholm um, as that's where we started. So there's a lot of stuff that I haven't been able to tap in <laughs> yet um, because you have to be based in Skorna to uh-huh. actually benefit from different grants and, and whatnot. Can't you just open up a second? We've uh, thought about it. Don't worry. <laughs> it's the startup <laughs> mentality. Okay. Okay. Um, but, uh, but then there's a lot. I mean, there's also quite a few benefits in Stockholm as well. So you've got to weigh it up. But it, Mama is, uh, like, I find it as well, it's a much more diverse city than Stockholm. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say it doesn't have its own, you know, issues with integration. But it's very visible that there's so much diversity in the yeah. in the city. And coming from London as well, that's something I really lack. And that's something I really need uh, and want and appreciate from Malmo as well, that you can be around different cultures and I think as well it's a smaller city right so people live a lot closer nearby and so you get different influences as well just a quick question are you a Swedish citizen now not yet so how how did that all go with Brexit and you living here so I thankfully moved here pre-Brexit so Mm -hmm. I escaped a lot of the hassles that a lot of my British friends have now Um, and so if you moved here pre-Brexit you had the right of residency uh, not citizenship, but residency, Okay. Uh, which you then had to reapply for after Brexit. Um, but it was, I mean, it took a, six months, but it was relatively straightforward. So I have five-year residency now. And because I've been here five years as an individual, I have now applied for citizenship last September. Okay. But I'm in the famous queue with <laughs> yeah. migration <laughs> agency, which, uh, yeah, they boast about that most people get a decision within 36 months right now. <laughs> wow. So I'm in the yeah. queue <laughs> and I submitted in September. So it might be a while before I can say I'm a Swedish citizen. But if you get your citizenship, you have to give up the British one now or do you have dual if, no. if that happens? No, you can keep dual. So it's always okay. dependent on the the specific countries. But UK and Sweden both allow dual citizenship, which okay. is good. Well, that's good. Yeah, then you can keep both. There's there's some value with the British passport. Not too much, but there's some value. I think <laughs> the Swedish is much more valuable. <laughs> Once I get it, I'm not sure how much I'll use the British one. Yeah. <laughs> little easier to get through the lines at the airport if you're a EU citizen. Yeah, one of the most like EU, depressing times was when was the first time after they, you know, completed Brexit and implemented it all and then I arrived back to Sweden with my Swedish boyfriend and we normally go in the same queue and then all of a sudden I realized I had to go
go into the all passports queue. And he flew through the EU passports. Could have waited for me in the queue, but <laughs> he decided not to. And every time it's like this, by default, I want to walk into the EU citizens queue and I have to just kind of sulk my way into the, the other yeah. queue, which is always a lot longer <laughs> as well. Before coming on, I was thinking about different Swedish quirks that I've picked up yes. since being here. And I have a few. One that I actually was discussing yesterday is when Swedish kids learn to swim, they only learn breaststroke as a first, like that's the only thing they'll learn with like the kind of the state provided um, yeah. swimming. And a lot of adults then only ever know how to do breaststroke. And it blows my mind when I have uh, colleagues, kids that, you know, they were in swim school all summer and they have only learned breaststroke. That's true. I hadn't thought about that. Right. Because when I went to swim school uh, in the States, I had to go through, I had to learn all the different, you know, the crawl and, and butterfly and side stroke and mm -hmm. all, all sorts of different. You had to pass all of that to get through yeah. the levels. And, and also for, in the UK at least, and I think in a lot of countries, the front crawl, if you're going to learn only one, front crawl is the one you're going to learn. Right. And it's then fastest. you'll learn back crawl and then you'll learn breaststroke and then you'll go to butterfly. So I'm not going to butterfly, but I can do the other three. Yeah. And front crawl is the fastest. So for me, breaststroke stroke is so inefficient i think in terms of if you're in a you know i've had a lot of debates with swedes about this and they think it's the safest because it uses the less en least energy but i think if you're in a riptide or strong waves no breaststroke can get you out of that you right. need to be using front crawl but my mom's a swim teacher so i've been with the you know the four-year-old kids and we're teaching them the kicking for front crawls from well yeah get-go and to me so i found when I did some triathlons and I had a couple of Swedes say, but do you know how to crawl? And I was like, yeah, don't you? And they, and, and they said, no, they don't. They don't know how to crawl because they didn't learn it. And so they just um, do breaststroke. And I, like these were really sporty people as well I was speaking to. So that was a big, yeah, shock to me. And it's always funny when you find people don't realize the shock either. Or yeah. like sport. I mean, Swedes are so sporty that I found that, you know, going for a 5k or a 10k run at the weekend in the UK if someone asked what you did at the weekend you said I did a 10k then they'd be like wow that's amazing I thought in Sweden when I first moved to Stockholm I was like I did a 10k yesterday and another colleague was like oh I did a triathlon yesterday and another <laughs> one was like oh, I actually did a 20 kilometer ski tour with my dog <laughs> right well okay. typical Saturday exactly so suddenly you know what is what is impressive or you know honorable is very different um but I personally find different cultural quirks some of the most fascinating things ever so in every country I find it really interesting to look at these different things um and there's just so much to pick from I did not know that one about the front crawl so now I'm going to go and teach my kids even though I can't do a front crawl because we didn't get swimming in school growing up so this is mm. hmm. yeah well you do have a, s a swim teacher assistant sitting right here so you could could call me to come speak to your kids and teach them how to front crawl. Or All ship right. them off to Malmo. Or ship or them off to Malmo. Yeah, exactly, right? And yeah. then <laughs> they can go into the sea. <laughs> oh um, you, can, you can put them in that park. With, like, with, with the, the lake. Park <laughs> with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's about yeah. one foot. <laughs> I'll be drinking wine. <laughs> it's yeah. about one foot deep. But we can drink wine. They can do front crawl. It'll be fine. It'll be great. But uh, one thing I, um, I remember yesterday, which is my advice to anyone that moves to Sweden 
you should learn in the beginning, if you're going into a co-working space, if you put anything on that island, the kitchen island in the center, it's fair game that anyone can take it. Uh -huh. mm. Did that happen to you today? Not today, but the first time when I came, I decided to buy fika, so like afternoon tea. I bought some canelbula, cinnamon buns for my team. And it was the first time and I wanted to do something nice. So I bought them cinnamon buns and I was cutting them up and I had two plates. So I just put one plate on the kitchen island while I cut up the other ones. And then I turned around and it was like this sea of hands coming in <laughs> and taking pieces of the cinnamon bun. And I was, it was too polite to shout, what are you doing? And then I got into the meeting room and I suddenly only had half the amount of cinnamon buns I'd planned. And I said to my, my colleagues, like, I don't know why everyone kept taking it. And they're like, where did you leave it? I'm like, well, the middle of, I just put it on the side. Like, and they were like, no, no, no. That area means it's, it's, all, it's free fall. Anyone can take it. Yeah. And that's the unspoken rule. <laughs> if you put stuff on that island, anyone can take the food. This, yeah, again, these are the little things that you need to learn. Right. So you mm -hmm. don't have that, <laughs> that thing happen to you. <laughs> lose, lose all my cinnamon buns. <laughs> lose my generosity. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for, yeah, for coming you. and talking to us. Thank you. And thank you for saving my life. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Forever indebted to me. I know if I ever need a favor, Shana has to say yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but thank you for having me. This went so quickly as well. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it always does.